Awesome. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name's Clayton, and I'm the lead pastor here at Central, and I am jacked up on coffee, and I'm ready to go today. Um, we have been uh, going through this whole series about detoxing um, in, in our lives, and I don't know if I was just getting shunned in the middle over here. I don't know what was going on, because last week I talked about how fat we all were, and and so I think some people were trying to avoid me. I don't know what was going on. So, hey, um, I'm glad you guys are here. If you're a guest with us, thank you for being here. If you're watching online, thanks for, for being a part of our, our worship service um, today. A couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, a mind detox that we all need, about getting rid of the junk that's, that's just clouding our, um, our lives and our opportunity to, to have a relationship, a deeper relationship, and focus more on God. And so hopefully you've been able to take some steps to detox your mind. Last week... Long sermon, wasn't pretty, and we talked about uh, our, our bodies and how we have one shot with our bodies to honor God um, with our, our lives, and, and it matters um, how we take care of, of our bodies. A lot of people think that, well, that's it's totally different than the Christian walk, but it's not. I mean, there's lots of scripture that talk about how we are supposed to, to worship God with, with our bodies, and so... Um, we had this change or die calendar idea at the end of the sermon, and I just want to say thank you so many of you who, who emailed me and sent me a message and talked to me one-on-one about, about uh, some of the changes that you are making um, in your life. I did not get any um, hate mail, um, which was good. <clears throat> I don't know if my assistant, like, uh, just, you know, make sure I didn't see that. I don't know. I, I told us, hey, get, get, let me see him, let me see him, but I didn't get any, so thank you. Um, but it was a, it was a tough uh, sermon, and um, today is is going to be a, another another good one because it's a really important part um, of our of our lives. This this week I've been trying to change some things in my life when it comes to my body. Um, I, I went to the gym for the first time in a while. I uh, went on on a Thursday morning with. Uh, my my daughter and and my wife, my son goes like ten times a day, and uh, and so we went. It was like five degrees outside and windy, and five o'clock in the morning, we got out of the car, um, out of the freezing car at the Y, and we all looked at each other and said, "What are we doing?" Like I don't know what we're doing. So um, it, it was good to be able to to try to do some of those things because we're trying to make better versions of ourselves, not not for our own glory, but for for God's glory, so we can say yes to God more. Instead of our physical bodies saying no to opportunities to be used by God in this life. And that's actually a way that we can worship him. We can say yes more. But let me just say this. We aren't just physical, are we? There's another aspect of our lives. And I want to take you to 1 Corinthians. Here's what 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says. It says, for just as there are natural bodies or physical bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. You and I have a spiritual side to us. Now, let me say this. There is a difference between your soul and your spirit. I don't know if you knew that. But there is a difference between the, the soul that you have and, and the spirit um, that you have. Look, look what the Bible says here about your soul. Ephesians chapter 4 says that you are sealed for the day of redemption. Meaning that if you are a believer in Jesus, your soul is sealed. It is saved. And so you actually do not need a detox this morning in your soul. But if you aren't saved, let me just say this. You are in desperate need of a soul detox. Because your soul is to the brim full of sin. And when you die, every single one of us, we're going to have a, kind of an x-ray of our soul. And it's going to take a look at what's 
filling our soul. And if it's full of sin, then there is an eternal payment for that sin. But when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you repent of your sins and you accept his sacrifice in your life, there is no longer a payment that you have to to pay. You've been washed clean. And more than that, your soul has been filled with the Holy Spirit to the brim. There's nothing else that can get inside of it. Romans 8 says this. Here's what it says. It says, I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Love nothing, nothing in this world or beyond this world. So for believers, your soul isn't toxic because Christ has done all the work and cleansed you and filled you up. But that doesn't mean that your spirit isn't toxic. There's another part of of us. What is your spirit? Well, your spirit is your inner self. It's that immaterial you. I mean, think about this. We we're describing someone, you might say, hey, that person's tall or short or or uh, you know, got dark hair or or blonde hair or or blue eyes or, or brown eyes or whatever. Those are, those are like physical traits of people. But what, what, what does it mean when you describe someone as being funny or kind or rude, selfish? Those aren't physical. Those are immaterial. That's the spiritual side of you. You see, the human spirit it includes our emotions, it includes our fears, it includes our, our passions. And let me just say this, and this is true, right? It can get toxic, can it? Our emotions, whether you are saved as can be, your emotions and your passions and even your fears can be very toxic. So I'm glad we got to talk about our bodies. It's important. We did that last week. But we also need to talk about our spirit, and that's what we need to focus on. And so 1 Peter chapter 1 says this about ourselves. For, for believers, okay, this still needs to happen in your life, even if you are saved. It says, you must be holy because I am holy. It's a quote from God. You must be holy just as God is holy. And so being spiritually holy is being like Jesus, being like God more. And to become more like Jesus, it takes a spiritual detox, in our lives, to, be, to become holy. And a spiritual detox involves recognizing the, the emotional junk that's in your life and actually figuring out how to remove that from your life, but then it creates a void, and you've got to fill that with the good stuff, which is how Jesus would respond and react in certain situations. How, how do you... Take your emotions and put them at the feet of Jesus. The main verse we're going to look at today, this passage is in Colossians. In verse, uh, chapter 3, in a couple verses, here's what it says. It says, here's what you got to do. You got to put to death the sinful earthly things that are lurking within you. Man, it's easier said than done, right? But that's what we have to do. It goes on and says, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. And instead, you need to put on your new nature. And be renewed as you, get this, as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Become like him. This is so needed in our lives because our personalities and and how we react in certain situations is not always holy, is it? It's not always good. It's not what Jesus would do. And it's, it's why in our culture we have this term called being a Karen, right? 
If there's any Karens in this room, I just need to apologize. In the first service, I went through the whole service, and I looked over and realized my mother-in-law was sitting over there, and her name's Karen, and I was like, I am in trouble. Um, but, but we call people Karens who are, who are emotionally um, out of control, right? And so just to keep with the theme of this series, we've used a comedian uh, to kind of share some stuff with, with us. And so I wanted to, to use another com- comedian named Trey Kennedy to help explain this a little bit better to us. Watch this. Let's get out and about, okay? Let's make sure I have everything. Keys, wallet, mace, police reports, and no mask. Let's harass people. Oh, I have got a busy, busy day. I mean, I've got to harass hourly workers, do a couple citizens' arrests. Uh, get a haircut, <laughs> go viral. You know, my life isn't easy, okay? The only thing shorter than my hair is my temper. Back up, back up. I am middle-aged and enraged. Oh, yes? Excuse me. Hi, I live right over here. I, I, I love that you're having fun with your kids. Love that. Okay. But there's a noise ordinance. Noise ordinance? I'm yes. playing with my kids. Yes, my name is Karen, okay? Funny, funny, Karen Kathleen Kelly. <laughs> Here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna give me your employee number, and then I think you're gonna be looking for a new job soon. Yep. Lawlessness. You're Wh- teaching them lawlessness. I am not. Go, wh- yeah. go back to wherever you live. No, how, about, is- how about this? How about we do this one of two ways? You delete this. Hi. 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 Is this country even free anymore? I mean, what's so hard about everyone doing what I think they should be doing? That's freedom. Or I'll report you. Report me? Yeah, to re- who? Or rep- to the manager of the universe. What? Who? Mm-hmm. What is that? You want, how about I do it right now? How about that? Go ahead. Dear God, it's me again. Why'd you make this one? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all yours now, buddy. Get your gas. It makes sense because you can make use of some flammable where you're headed. Oh, I cannot wait to see who's driving this motor vehicle. Oh, I, you know what? I bet it. Oh, it's Shelly. Hey, Shelly. My favorite team is the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, I just get so happy when I see that one star. <laughs> Reminds me of my reviews. It took 15 minutes to get that gumbo. I'm sorry, but guns don't kill people. No, people kill people. <laughs> and cell phones don't call managers. I do. Thank you for nothing. Have a blessed day. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I mean, sometimes we just emotionally um, are out of control, and people are like that in, in our culture. Our, our problem is, is we don't always have a taste for what is good, do we? I mean, think about this. It tastes better to explode sometimes, right? To get even, to fight for whatever it is that you feel like you deserve. We don't want to be kind. We don't want to forgive when they don't don't deserve it. We don't want to sacrifice for for someone else when it means it might put us down. We're experts at feeding selfishness. We're experts at feeding these selfish thoughts and sinful thoughts in in our lives. And we're for sure experts at manipulative behavior. Anybody like a we got a master's degree in manipulative behavior. We know how to manipulate and get what we want, right? we got to feed the right things. And so here's my question for us today. What kind of dog are you feeding, right? In your life, what kind of dog are you feeding? Now, I've had several dogs in my life. My very first dog was, uh, I was very little, I was, I was like a little baby, and we had this dachshund, this little weenie dog. And, man, I, I don't know what it is about little dogs, but sometimes, sometimes they look like this, Right? I mean, come on. You know, that, that's not a picture of the actual dog. That, that dog is big. That dog has been fed, right? Um, that dog is mean. I don't know what it is about little dogs. I mean, they're just territorial, and you just kind of get to be really careful when you're, you're going up to them. But, but this dog, this, this dog's name was Bernie. Um, and uh, very appropriate name because I know what's, what it's doing right now. Um, it's burning. But uh, that dog, it, uh, 
it bit me like right in the face when I was really little. And I got to get stitches and all that kind of stuff. And, and it was just, man, it's a mean dog. And so I'm always just kind of cautious around, around little dogs. And, and there's also like another kind of dog. And so I just found some random uh, other picture on, on the internet of, of a kind, nice dog. Here, here it is right here. Um, yeah, no, sorry, that's my dog. Um, that's that Scout. Uh, yeah, um, that's my goal is to put him in every sermon. But um, so this is my other, my other dog, my dog now, who is just, look at his face. I mean, just kind and gentle and nice. It's like everything you want in a dog. And the question I have for us is, what dog are we feeding? Like, we've been using this, this detox bottle um, every week, and so I've got, I got something in it. And this is a great illustration. I, I've got some, got some dog food in it, okay? Uh, here, here's, a, here's a can of, of uh, chopped ground dinner with chicken. And I took this out of the pantry uh, yesterday, and Scott was like, Ooh! And he, he's following me around, and I go and put it in my bag, and he's like, come on, man. Um, and so uh, this, this is a good illustration of what, what are we feeding in our, in our lives, there is a, a negative, bad kind of dog that emotionally will get us in trouble. That'll make us like a Karen, right? And there's a, another kind of dog that, that is good and wholesome and is being more and more like Christ. And the question is, what kind of dog are you feeding? And to be like Jesus, we have to starve. Go, go back to that other, that other picture. That, that dog needs some starving, right? I mean, it could go without a couple meals. So we got we to gotta starve that dog, that negative dog, that dog is, that is vicious and is going to bite someone, right? We got to starve that in our lives, and we got to feed the good. Now, it's not going to be easy because we naturally want to, when times are tough, when we're emotionally drained, when we feel like we've been wronged, we want to, to get even. People deserve our wrath. I'm teaching them a lesson. It's natural for us to do that. It's difficult to say, no, 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 I'm going to be different. I'm going to try to be holy just as God is holy. I want to be more like Jesus. It's difficult, but let me tell you this, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. So here's what I want to do today. I just want us to get really, really practical, okay? So if detoxing is, is this starving and then feeding of something else, starving what's bad, feeding what is, what is good. How do you do that spiritually? How do you do that spiritually? So here's what I'd like to do. I'd li- I want to go to, to scripture and, and use an actual story of something that actually happened to some real life people. And in this story, we're going to be able to see how their lives were sometimes really good and their reaction was sometimes really, really bad and what we can learn from it today. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 10. We're going to look at the story, you probably heard it before, about these, these sisters named Mary and Martha. And in this story, Jesus shows up at their house and has an interaction with both of them. And I want us to look at, at their story. So Luke um, chapter 10, we'll have it up on the screen, but here's what it says. As Jesus and the disciples continue on the way to Jerusalem... They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha, so remember that name, okay, um, welcomed him into her home. And her sister Mary uh, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. Okay, so that was the situation. And verse 40 right here is kind of our main verse we're going to look at today. We're going to break it apart. It says, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. 
So here's what I want to do. I just want to look at, look at this a little bit, okay? I'm going to kind of break down this verse, verse 40. Now, I first want us to, to notice her position, Martha's position. Here's what it says. It says that she was distracted by this big dinner that she was preparing. You see, Mary was sitting at, at the feet of Jesus. Yet Martha, Martha was busy with this task. Like Mary was focused on Jesus and Martha was distracted about trying to get it right. And Mary found herself being fed by Jesus and Martha was feeding this anxious heart inside of her. Let me just say something. I think in this story, what I see around here is that Martha was worried. And I think that's something that's, that's kind of inside all of us. If we're not careful, we will feed worry and anxiety in our lives. And I'm, let me just say this. It is a, a toxin in our spirit. It's not something that God has for you. It's not something he wants you to have. Look at Matthew chapter 6 says. Jesus says, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Hypothetical question, right? What Jesus is saying is, No. No amount of worry, no amount of anxiety is going to help. Okay, it's not going to produce a, a good thing in your life. Yet some of us, we were raised that way, right? Some of us, we kind of inherited this worry gene. Anybody inherit that from, from your family? I mean, my, my grandmother was a worrier. I mean, she just wanted everything to be right, and she was always trying to take care of every people, everybody. And you could just see it on her face all the time. And and I feel like I've inherited some of that. I want things to be right. I want things to be done. And I, and I worry sometimes. And it's not a good trait that I have. And the Bible says you shouldn't be a worrier. Instead, you should be different. And so here's what we need to do. If you're taking notes today, here's, here's something we, we need to do. We need to starve that. We need to starve worry. And instead, we need to feed the opposite, which is trust. We need to starve the worry in our lives and feed trust. And we see that in the relationship with Martha and Jesus and Mary and Jesus. Isaiah chapter 26 says that, God, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. That is not the example of Martha, right? Martha was worried about something else, and Mary's like, man, I'm just, I'm fixing my thoughts and my mind on you. And I think Christians sometimes, we're the greatest worriers, aren't we? which is crazy, we're always worried that things are not going to go well, and so we got to try to fix it. And I wonder if, if Jesus is kind of speaking to us right now saying, you know what, look, if you can trust me with your salvation, why can't you trust me with your family? Why can't you trust me with your finances? Why can't you trust me with the future that you're so worried about it? I got this. He can handle it. Yet Martha was, was worried about making sure everything was right. She found herself in, in this, this wrong place that she began to, to spiral. And you're about to find it. You're about to see it. She begins to spiral, and she lost trust. And what happened is, is, is her position led to this emotional response. So I want us to look at it. Look what she says. She starts off. And says, doesn't it seem unfair? Now, here's the deal. Sometimes we got to read the Bible with a little more enthusiasm, don't we? Sometimes we read the Bible like, doesn't it seem unfair? And we just move on, right? We need, we need to realize these are real people. They had real issues, real problems. They had real emotions. Here's what she was saying. 
Jesus, this is not fair. This isn't fair. Anybody heard that at home, right? <laughs> it's not fair. Life isn't fair. Get over it, right? Christians, we're sometimes the worst complainers about things. I mean, we, we complain about work. It isn't fair. Economy's not fair. Culture's going crazy. That's not fair. The weather's not fair. It's too hot, too cold, too wet, too dry. School's not fair. Amen, kids, right? Yes. All right, got you. Make sure you're awake. <laughs> Other churches, it's not fair. We complain about our spouse, our boss, our kids, to other people. We complain about our brother and sister. Sorry, my kid's over there. Really, we complain about other people when we feel like they have it all. I think the root of our issue, it's not that we, we desire justice to make things fair. It's that we're jealous. We're jealous. And Proverbs says this about jealousy. Proverbs 14 says that jealousy is not good. That's Clayton's version, okay? Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. What does that mean? It means that it, it eats away at us. It consumes us from the inside out. And so that is something we definitely need to starve in our lives. On the spiritual side of our emotions, we need to starve jealousy. And we need to feed the opposite, which is, which is contentment. We need to be more content. You see, the answer to a jealous heart isn't fairness. It's being content with what God has, has put in your life in the position he has put you in. The Bible talks a ton about contentment. But one of the biggest ones is when Paul is talking to Timothy in 1 Timothy. And here's what he says in, verse, in chapter 6. He says, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. It is extremely valuable in your life. And then he, he explains it. He says, after all. We have brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. So if you get jealous easily and you say, it, that's not fair, you know what that is? It's a toxic spirit. We need to, to feed this attitude of contentment in our lives. And then what's going to happen is we're going to become more like Jesus. Now, Martha's not done, okay? She's spiraling, remember? Here's what she says next. My sister just sits here while I do all the work. Right? You know what I see there? I see bitterness. Like, she's upset. She is bitter. And bitterness comes to our lives when we believe we've been wronged. Look at what the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 12 says this, it says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. That's a, that's a great illustration right there, that, that bitterness is not just like a side gig that we have, okay? It's not just something that's a part of us, it's over on the side. It says it's this poisonous root that if we're not careful, it will grow up in our lives and consume us. And you know how I know it's, it's, it's bitterness? Because this word all. All the work. There's something dangerous about using absolutes, isn't there? And exaggerations. We do that all the time. You always do that. 
you never take out the trash, right? You're like, seriously, I've never taken out the trash ever, right? Seriously, right? We use those absolutes because we're bitter about something. And so what we got to do, we got to starve it. We got to starve that bitterness. We got to stop feeding it. And instead, we got to feed the opposite of that, which is, which is compassion. You see, we get bitter when we pretend that we are God. Like, like we have been offended and we're sitting up on our throne. We're like, how dare you do that to me? But the truth is, is that we're the ones who have offended God. And when we recognize that, when we understand that, that is a humbling experience. And when you and I humble ourselves, what happens is, is it leads to compassion. Because we recognize that, you know what, I don't, it doesn't matter what you've done to me. Like, I am not God. And I am just as bad as you are. In humility, I recognize that we're in the same boat. And so I should have compassion. Because what happens is that, that shows that, that God has been compassionate in your life. And you recognize that. We have an opportunity to be more like him. Colossians chapter 3 is a great passage. Look what it says in verses 12 to 13. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves. Since he's done all this work, okay? Man, since he's chose you to be his people. He's changed your life. He's saved you. He's made you new. You must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy. That's compassion. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Who do you think you are? <laughs> you have no right to be bitter. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who has offended you, okay? Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. When that sinks in, we'll drop the absolutes, we'll stop being bitter. And we'll actually begin to starve that in our lives and replace it with what's good. So finally, all, all the, this worry and this jealousy and this bitterness in, in Martha's life, it begins to boil over. And she says something that is, whew, it's pretty crazy. Here we go. You ready? Here's how she ends. She says, tell her to come and help me. I was studying this this week and looking at this, this, this verb over here, tell her. You know what it is? It's an imperative verb. An imperative is a command. She commanded Jesus to go do something. Woo! What nerve, right? That's gutsy. Jesus, go do that. Right? Why did she get to a place where she said that to Jesus? She didn't ask, hey, Jesus, would you please, would you please ask her to come and help? No, she's like, Jesus, get up and make her go do something. You know what she did? She went Karen on Jesus, okay? It's pretty, it's pretty scary. You know, when, when you tell Jesus what to do, that's a, that's a control and pride issue. And when your life is out of control, what usually happens is anger boils up. So she was bitter. She was worried. 
She had the, all these emotions going on, and this anger finally just, just builds, up, builds up, and she commanded Jesus to go do something. Look at what the Bible says about anger. Ecclesiastes 7 says, Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of people who are just trying to do good. No, it says, in fools. Okay? I love when the Bible calls us fools. Right? Anger lodges in our hearts. It's hard to get out. And it lodges in the hearts of fools. And it goes on in Proverbs, says this, and fools vent their anger. Okay? That's what fools do. But the wise, they quickly hold it back. What we need to do is we need to starve that anger and feed the opposite, which is peace. We need to, we need to starve that anger. We got to feed the opposite, which is, is peace. You know, I was thinking about this for, for 2024. This is a great message for 2024. It's going to be a crazy year, guys. I'm just telling you that right now, okay? You got the economy, the who knows what that's going to happen, and it's easy to be angry about that. Politics, woo, like it's going to be crazy. Hey, by the way, October, right before the election, I'm preaching a whole month on politics. It's going to be fabulous, okay? <laughs> yeah, let's do this. I'm a glutton for punishment. Okay, so it, it's going to be crazy. I think about the wars that are going on all over the world right now. It is, it is really bad, guys. It'd be easy to be very angry about all this, these situations and not know how to, how to deal with them. I mean, the Chick-fil-A line is always too long, amen? Like, man, it's easy to be angry about that. Go faster, right? You see, Christians, we should be known not for our anger, but for our peace. That's how people should see us. A couple verses. James Chapter 1, verse 19 says, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. People should know that you're, you don't go crazy. You don't blow up at them. That you're, you're level-headed. That there's more peace than anger in your life. And Philippians 4, 7 says when you do that and when, you, when your prayer and you, and, and you walking with God is a big part of your life, then you will experience God's peace. In your life. That's what happens when you do that. Here, here's the point. A true detox is not just about starving the bad. You have to replace it with the good. And then you got to feed it. you got to feed it. And those good things are being holy or another way of putting it is being more like Jesus. That's the good stuff that we need to do. And so I think it's very appropriate that we could just look at Scripture right now and, and get like our, our final lesson for, for today. That if we're supposed to be more like Jesus, let's look at how Jesus acted in that situation. I can tell you this much. I would not have responded the way that Jesus responded. Okay? Martha shows up. Clayton! Go tell Mary, do something, right? I'll be like, woo, girl, right? It's not how Jesus responded. Let's look at how Jesus responded in the next couple of verses. Verse 41. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. He recognized, first off, that she was worried, that she was bitter, that she was jealous, that it boiled into this anger. And Jesus did not respond in kind. Instead, he responded with the opposite. He was compassionate. My dear Martha, 
He recognized what was going on in her life and had compassion on her. And then he responds with peace. He doesn't get angry. He didn't get mad. He tried to help her. He brought peace into the situation. And then he gives the example of her sister, Mary. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. You see, Mary wanted to be like Jesus. She was feeding that feeling of of, of trust and contentment. She wasn't worried. There was lots of stuff that probably needed to happen. If Jesus showed up at your house, would you be running around like crazy, trying to get that meal ready, Shoving everything and the, all the kids in the closet, like just hide, right? Jesus is showing up, right? Mary wasn't worried about that. She was content with Jesus. And she was trusting Jesus. Here's my question for us. Will you allow God to work in you this week? This isn't about you trying harder and fixing your spirit. It's about you partnering with God to spiritually detox some things in your life. The way, another way I could ask this is, which dog are you feeding? Are you naturally feeding that negative stuff, that unholy stuff, that fleshly stuff? Are you feeding your spirit with holiness and being more like Jesus? Let me, let me just give you some examples of how we could actually do that. Here's one way we can feed the right dog, is we can dwell in the word this week. If you are naturally angry, if you love to get even, I can probably guarantee you you're not in the word, okay? You're not feeding what is good. You're just continually feeding that fat weenie dog, right? It's mean. It'll bite you. Let's dwell in the word this week. You know, some of us need a little bit of encouragement when we find ourselves in those situations. Maybe we need to get some of those, get on Amazon, get some WWJD bracelets, right? You can still buy those. Remember those? Those are great examples of what would Jesus do in that situation. And all of a sudden, someone wrongs you or wrongs someone that you love, or they just took too long at the stoplight, right? Maybe we can be reminded this week or put a sticky note in your car somewhere where you can remind yourself of whew, maybe slow to anger. Let me be patient as Jesus is patient. Let me be kind and compassionate just as he is. What would he do? And here's, a, I think, another great thing that, that we could do th- this week is we could find some real accountability. Now we talk about accountability a lot. Get an accountability partner. We talk about that. But one of the reasons accountability doesn't work very well is because we have not defined the relationship. And I think this week some of us need to go to a, a spouse or a best friend or a brother and sister. We need to say, hey, I'm giving you permission to call me out. Okay? We don't do that very well. We say, I want you to hold me accountable, but don't offend me, right? I've tried this with my, my, my family. Like, you guys know my, my, my love affair with chips. And um, so we go to the restaurant, and I'm like, hey, here's what I want you to do. Uh, don't let me eat the chips, right? And so we go, and we sit down, and they bring the chips, and, and I start to eat them, and my son's like, what are you doing? I'm like, Give me, leave me alone. These are my chips, right? Like that. I'm just like, no. Yeah, my precious. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to hang on to that stuff. 
What I need is that real accountability. And I've said, hey, I want you to call me out even when I don't like it. I think for a lot of us, we don't recognize just how rude we are sometimes. And we need some people that are walking alongside of us. And we need to give them permission to call us out. And be okay with that. And recognizing that they have your best interest at heart. Look, this matters. It matters for the health of your spirit. Yes, the body is important for some things. But the spirit is important for all things. How you respond, your emotions, the inner self matters to God. It also matters because Jesus is the hope of the world, amen? And he chooses to use us to share that message. How can we share his love when we aren't loving? Let's detox from those bad things and fill our lives with the good things for God's glory. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray, God, for anyone in this room who, who recognizes that their soul is full of sin. They've never been cleansed. I pray, God, that, that you would save them right now. That in humility, based off of your word today, that they would stop trying and put their faith and trust in you and God that you would cleanse them from their sins and you would fill their soul with the Holy Spirit and change their lives I pray God for all of us in this room and I know there's a lot there's some watching online right now who would say you know my soul is, is saved but my spirit my emotions is really toxic God, what do we need to change? What do we need to starve? What natural reactions and emotions that we've been feeding for decades need to be cut off? Convict us, God. Help us to change. But not only that, God, help us to recognize the things we need to to feed in its place, the good things, the godly things, the things that point people to Jesus, the things that would make others look at a Christian and say, what is different about that person? I want that. God, help us to to feed the right dog. Change us. So that we can love people like Jesus loved people so that we can point people to him. I pray all this in his name. Amen. Well, Central, we are so glad that you joined us for Central Online today. It's been a great time of worshiping our Savior together as a Central family. Maybe today God has been speaking to you about trusting him with your whole life. And even maybe taking the first steps in following him. So we'd love to get to connect with you. You can text the word FORGIVEN to 94000, and that will get you in touch with our ministry team. And if you just need prayer about something specific, we'd love to be able to come alongside you and pray. So just send an email to prayer at cbcowasso.org. 
Well, if this message spoke to you today, why not take a second and share it with a friend or family member that might need to hear it? It's an exciting time to be part of Central as we do our best to live for Christ, love people, make disciples. We'll see you next week.